Hey, you got enough money to pay for all this? You know, money, cash, dollars, dinero. got ourselves a deadbeat back here. What? He can't pay. Come on, Brenda. Hey, punk, I've been slaving all day making that slop. The food is good. Fucking it is. The question is, how are you going to pay for it? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know, ain't that cute? I'm gonna bust your head, punk. I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> Me? You don't want to hurt Hank? Cinema 9 Podcast. I'm Michael Govier. It's Travis Roy. It's Eric Cranston. We're live and uncensored, at least in our reality. You're seeing this or hearing this most likely when it's recorded later on. So welcome to the show, Cinema 9 Pod, gmail.com. Today's show focusing on a movie, once again, from the early 90s. We're taking it back to Universal Soldier. That's right. That'll be our main focus for today's show. Uh, no emails this week, so we can skip over that. We love the email. Again, Chad, thank you for that email last week. I thought it was pretty funny, Travis. I got a big kick out of it. Uh, I do appreciate Luke coming on. And I hope, you know, I, I don't want him to feel like we were making fun of him. But um, <laughs> we, we but, but, but definitely we've gotten some some comments about his uh, take on Gremlins, which is, you know, besides Chad's, which is fun. I did uh, tell the guys in the Is It Safe chat that, Luke, be prepared because, uh, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't spoil it, though. I just said, be prepared, Luke. That's all I said. Steve, our friend of the show, Steve, has been on recently doing... Yeah. Uh, Rare exports. Rare exports. Yep. Yeah, you can listen to that anytime you want. Uh, Steve said it was hilarious, so that's all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. slight ribbing coming your way, Luke. Nothing you can't handle. Just prepare yourself. We love you, Luke. How you doing, Eric? <laughs> of course we do. Good. Kids are all sick, and it's, it's that's a great. nightmare. As usual, they're sick. So I'm doing uh, the best I can here. Best yeah. that you can do. Best that and you all, can do. <laughs> and we're Let's recording get those kids the, healthy. Yeah, and we're recording in the middle of the afternoon because we all have the day off because of it's cold. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cold. <laughs> this is very rare. I, like literally, 
There was a Saturday afternoon we did last year, and that was a good show. So I'm hoping this Universal episode, Universal show, called the Cinema Night Podcast, which is Universal to all, <laughs> focusing on the Universal Soldier. I didn't set that up. That didn't go very well. But anyways. Dude, this is apropos, because the Unisol has got to cool down every once in a while. <laughs> it's true. Put, put it on ice. Oh, God. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about with Universal Soldier, but at first, you know, we always love doing our quarantine viewing picks. And Mr. Roy, uh, back to work. So I assume we have a reduction in the list. Yeah. Um, and Echo came out, so that kind of took my focus. Which, oh. Eric, you're not an MCU fan. You know I'm a huge MCU Just fan. Just disregard it. I'm going to make that face. Just disregard it. Like you, it's not were you excited you, about this? Me. Travis, Was were you excited, excited about this about? one? Yeah. Well, I mean excitement in that it's an it's new offering from the mcu i'm now echo has been around since 1999 but i never got into her but i did like hawkeye quite a bit mm -hmm. so and we have more of vincent d'onofrio as kingpin because a lot of this is taking place in flashbacks and that kind of stuff so we so i'm i'm i was ready for more of him as kingpin which i love and daredevil the netflix daredevil is officially part of the mcu now so you know, it, this is in that world very much and it's grounded in that kind of, it's got that kind of feel and it kind of feels like it could be a standalone thing and it also works as being part of this bigger universe. So I think that they did pretty good here in a lot of ways. On the other hand, I hear it was supposed to be eight hours. It was shot down to five and it feels that way. Very like there's these huge gaps in story and like uh, motivations where you're like, wait, what? Uh, okay, I guess I'm along for the ride. It's not perfect. It's not oh, perfect, it's the polar opposite of Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> you know, I just could not bring myself to watch. I, I couldn't bring myself to pay attention to three and a half hours at once of a film. I did that. I, I spaced Echo out. What I've mostly been doing all week is I've just been binge watching Downton Abbey for like the fifth or sixth time, uh, including the movies, which I just finished the uh, the most recent one, New Era, uh, right before we finished, right before we started the show. Uh, I love Downton Abbey, and if you are a huge fan of Universal Soldier, I bet you love Downton Abbey, too. Uh, what else did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I watched Downton Abbey and Echo. That was it. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen a single moment of Down Downton? 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 You did it. You, did you I do succeeded. it right? Downton. Yeah. Downton. Hey, yeah, I'm great. Robert Downton. Uh, Eric Brantrum. What about you, buddy? Yeah, the goodbye girl on Tubi. I went back to visit Richard Dreyfuss's Oscar-winning lead actor performance from 1977. It's a funny you movie. You want an Oscar for a lead actor? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know all the Oscars, and I did not know that. Wow. 77 was Dick Dreyfuss for this Neil Simon romantic comedy. That's funny. That's funny. And it's got a great theme song, Mike. I almost texted you, because this, this could stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Arthur's theme. It's uh, <laughs> the goodbye girl by David Gates. Let me tell you goodbye. Doesn't Ugh. seem to mean that much. Remember this jam? Nope. No, but oh. it sounds like classic late seventies. Really sounds good. good. Yacht I'm, rock. I'm gonna send it your way. Uh it's a solid picture. I, I, I sat through like six hours of this Gypsy Rose Blanchard TV movie on Hulu starring Pat Patricia Arquette and Joey King. Uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's a huge waste of time. They could have summed this story up in like an hour. And it's 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 very lifetime network. Patricia Arquette does her best, but like it's like a who cares role. I was getting hillbilly elegy <laughs> vibes here, and Joey King is insufferable as this main character. Good luck to you if you can make it through this entire series. Um, 
What the hell else have I been watching here? Uh, I swear to God, there's another one. Dark Passage, 1947, Humphrey Bogart. This movie is bonkers. It, it, it's literally, it takes place in the POV. It's like found footage crime movie. It like takes hmm. place in the POV of the Humphrey Bogart character who escaped from uh, Alcatraz and is trying to find the the real perpetrator of this crime that he went in for. Like the first hour is like his POV. It's like fucking found footage prison escape movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, they they knock the gimmick off in a, in a way that makes sense. But this is a cool ass movie. Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart, forty seven, Dark Passage. After that. Yeah, True Detective. You guys jump into uh, episode one, season four? Not yet. Not yet. I will. Uh, I might. Not good, <laughs> or is that I, a good? I, just, I have no idea. Usually, you it, gets, it hooks into you, and you know exactly what's going on. Like, they, they show up to the dead body, and, like, you know exactly what's going on, at least in terms of what the crime was. Like, this, I, I have no idea where it's going. This might be going into some horror territory, which is interesting, uh. and also a bit befuddling for the series. I've heard, yeah. you know, the the series has always had. Well, I, I missed the third season, but there's always there's from what I'm aware of, there's like you know the supernatural element, and I hear that there's yeah. a little bit more of a supernatural element in this series than this season yeah. than any other season is what I've yeah. been hearing. Yeah, but it does take place in Alaska. We got a lot of indigenous cast members, which is fantastic. But, I but mean, it wasn't I, filmed there. Oh, is that true? Yeah, Iceland, it is true. I think, or Finland. Yeah. Or You're joking because yeah. it looks like it was filmed on like this Mandalorian green screen set. Like everything looks fake. So if they they're on location, <laughs> I'm impressed. They're on location. It's just all these okay. digital cameras. Oh, yeah. Oh God. You know that's funny. I never saw the third season either, and I love Mahershala Ali, Travis. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why either. I, I don't know. Maybe it was season two turned me off a little bit. I don't know. It Loves did a little, a little bit. Little. I love season. I think two. I was just kind you of love busy. season two. Love it. Love it. I I think season two is underrated. Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was not as good as the first because the first is one of the best seasons oh of television in history. Yeah, it's yeah, impossible and, standard, right? It's right. Like one of, so you don't want to replace a legend. You want to be the follow after the guy who replaces a legend. You know, right? Everyone was comparing it to that, and if you don't, I think it's actually pretty good. Yeah, great point. It's about uh, no. It could happen to you. It could happen to it you. Could. Oh, yeah. Ninety-three. He, Nicholas Cage. Watch that. Bridget Fund. Oh, based on a true story. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, I don't know how accurate it was, but it was based on the sto- a true story that happened in late '80s, early '90s. Yep. Goddamn, a sweet, a sweet movie, a sweet movie. That's it. Yeah, it's okay. Wow, from a Cage fan, controversial. Eh, you know, it's it's Cage when he was still trying to be a normie. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Cage was, back when he had his own teeth and hair, and things were different. Oh, oh man. man. Well, we're all going to lose that stuff. We'll get hip replacements. We're going to be completely different humans oh, by the time yeah, we're seven. I'm not judging someone for veneers. There you go. What you been watching, Mike? What you been watching, Mike? Well, I'm the one. You are, Mike. I don't know how long. I mean, guys, time's running out. And Martin Scorsese will die soon. So when he makes a film, I'm going to make my... Best effort to get there and watch that son of a bitch, and I yeah. absolutely watched it. Can't uh, it. I will admit though that I did, I did break it up. I didn't stop watching it because I was bummed out or anything. I'm just like, you know what? Uh, I'll come back to this tomorrow. It'll be right here, and I'll watch the second half. So I did. I watched it in two halves, intermission mm. style, old school. Ugh, man, not, I can't oh, give anything. I can't give anything away, but I I want to talk about the fact that. It doesn't, this movie doesn't, mm. it doesn't have to make sense, I guess, but it makes people seem like they, they're the biggest morons of all time. Like, there's so many fools in this film that are so foolish. Uh, 
I don't know, man. I, I got really angry. I even made a quick video, I think, at some point about two hours in. I'm like, this movie's pissing me off. It was really <laughs> making me mad. So, I do know that. I know Paul Schrader's review of it was uh, three and a half hours is too long to spend with an idiot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That is really good. Uh, I have to admit, though, as a history buff as we are, you and I, Travis, uh, Eric loves mm -hmm. history, too. But uh, I didn't know much about the Osage uh, Nation and the murders and stuff that happened. And I, I didn't know much about out. it at all. Yeah. yeah, the book, I think, came out when I was in grad school. So I heard a lot about it, but it wasn't like being assigned to students because I think it was, you know, I don't know that it was like, you know, academia history. I think it was more like a. You know, I, you know, not to get all snobby, but it wasn't someone who was like a trained historian, I think. But don't quote me on that. Um, so, I, but I definitely remember hearing about it, and then hearing that Scorsese acquired the rights, and then a fucking decade passed, and now it's on uh, Apple Plus, and I'm like, no, I'm going to watch Downton Abbey again. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, I would really, I hope. I'll oh, go ahead, Eric. Is, is it is it like boring? Like, can you justify this three and a half hour runtime? It's not boring. I okay. will say that it is not boring. It's just a lot about uh, character motivations and uh, just the whole environment looks incredible. I have to give this movie so much props. I mean, it's getting harder and harder to recreate without using digital efforts or green screen mm -hmm. efforts to make it look like the time. They crushed it. I mean, I really felt like I was in late teens, early 20s, post-World War One, Oklahoma. It was really, really, really well done. They went all That's out. Cool. I know the budget was like $200 million. It was even more than the Irishman, apparently. So I was That's impressed. As as, That's as much as the budget for Secret Invasion. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Wow. Okay, then. That says something. But I, I hope you guys can watch this because I would love to kind of open it up and have get some of the points that I... It's not about what happens so much. It's about what's happening I will say that Robert De Niro, he's getting older and older, but he's really, really good in this one. He still wow. got it, man. Okay. He does. He. I will. I will definitely yeah. catch this. I will, I will probably watch it before we record again. Okay. Mm. Cool. I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe. Uh. If everybody watches it, maybe we'll do a. I don't. I don't like you too crazy. You know, bonus episodes are wild. Unheard of these days. But yeah, we've, you never we've done know. one. Or, we've done one or two. It'd be fun. It happened. We did the Batman a year ago, or was that two uh -huh. years ago? Well, a lifetime ago. I don't know. Think about twenty twenty two or three. I don't know where I am. So. I think it was twenty three. I, <laughs> I don't know. But I will say, De Niro's great. DiCaprio's really good. But I got a lot of beefs within that. And this uh, mm. newcomer who plays Molly, uh, I'd never heard of her. I didn't know anything about her. She's outstanding. Um, She's yeah, she was it's, about to she was about to quit acting when she got the call, apparently. Okay. And it was 2022. Oh, yeah. 20, yeah. The Batman is 2022. Wow. It was 22. Okay, that's right. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure. It's a, it's definitely worth seeing. I, I recommend seeing Killers of the Flower Moon. And then I'd like to have you email the show and tell me if you saw what I saw without me telling you what I saw. So we'll leave it there. Wow. Oh, these runtimes. Yeah. These runtimes. Like silence I still haven't <sighs> seen because I can't, I can't do that runtime. just looks so I know, <laughs> I, I can watch. So I can busy. watch six. I can watch six seasons of a show. You know, but like, but you could kind of have that on in the background. I, I don't want to yeah. have to spend three and a half hours like paying attention <sighs> to only this. I, I need to like two hours is the max that I can pay attention anymore. I will I tell you something, Travis. You won't have to pay attention that hard to stay involved. You really won't. Mm. I'll say that. Right. I, I stand behind that. I, there's a lot of commentary on the IMDb. I love after I watch a movie where I'm kind of confused about it. I love to go see what the other reviewers say. And mm. man, this movie's getting murdered. Saying Marty is too up his own ass. He's, oh, he needs shit. a fucking editor. He needs an editor. You know, uh, that's the big problem. But 
Yeah, I'll leave it there. But uh, that's what a lot of people are saying. Some mm. people are saying so. Okay. Uh, I saw a movie from 85, 86 called The Best of Times with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell. What and I'd fuck? never heard of this. And it's, yeah, it's about two guys. Movie? Yeah, this is a real movie from 1986. And it's written by uh, Ron Shelton, who would go on to do oh, yeah. Bull Durham, White Men Can't Jump. Uh, this was his first effort. And I'd never heard of it. So I checked it out. It's not very good, but uh, it's about two guys who are involved in a high school football game that doesn't go their way, and the whole town lives or dies with it, and you know some guy regrets it forever. It's it's pretty. I see why I never saw it or heard of it because it's not that great. But it was interesting to see Robin Williams and Kurt Russell in the mid '80s. There, like they're in their prime. There, they're in the zone there for sure, or coming into the zone. And Let's back this up though. Do they play high school football player? What what is the story? It's about they, you don't see them as high school football players. Like something dumb happens, guy drops. It's not a well, secret. Guy drops the big pass. Robin right. Williams is the guy who misses. He blows it. Kurt Russell throws it to him. Robin Williams uh, drops what? it. Now he's a, they're adults and their lives suck and they live in shithole Bakersfield, <laughs> California. Is it like which, a goofy uh, comedy or is it more like a dramedy or? That's like- the problem. It's trying to be funny. I think it's like a comedy, but it's not that funny at all. That's the real problem. So that's Ron Sheldon. But it's problem. also like trying to be serious. Like a there's like a rom com kind of thing there. It's really it's. Not great. It's not Between great. Russell but it was interesting. Uh, Russell and Williams were good. They're okay. doing their thing, but it's just a it's just a stupid premise, really. <laughs> so, Who played the coach? Also, Same guy that always de- plays the coach in this in these eighties football movies. Yeah, well, there's a whole bunch of like, oh, look who's here. Pamela Reed's in it, popping in. And uh, oh, uh, Moffat, old Don Moffat's in there playing yeah, like right. the classic pissed off banker. You son of a bitch! How dare you! I bet he wears uh, circular <laughs> lens glasses in that film like he does in every other film. <laughs> I think he actually wasn't in that role. I, I mean, oh, it was really? 86. It's weird. He already looked old, though, which is strange. So, yeah. uh, Lastly, uh, I'd never seen it. I think Travis does love this movie quite a bit. Um, Mordecai? Mordecai? We're talking Mordecai? No, I, no, I like oh. Mordecai. You've, oh. You turned me on, Mordecai. Enjoy it. I like watching it with you. Uh, I had never sat through and watched Little Nicky. I really hadn't. <laughs> uh, I've seen every Adam, Adam Sandler movie there ever was. But when that Even came Jack out around... You're right. I didn't see that one. Right. You got me. You got, you got me. Uh, let <laughs> me clarify the statement. Let me say that I saw every Adam Sandler movie till about 2004. Okay. Or six. okay. That's my yeah. point. And when I saw this movie come out, I was like, this looks fucking dumb. And I loved the Sandler movies. I loved the dumbest Waterboy stuff. I loved all his stupid shit at that time, but I was not interested. And now I'm going back and watching it. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's really bizarre. It's a bizarre ass flick, but it was. Yes. There's a lot of funny moments in it. I must say, like, they, he really did not hold back. Like, it's just, it probably wouldn't be made today, frankly, quite honestly. No. But it was pretty I'd like good. To, I'd like to revisit. Um, I've actually thought about it for the show a few times. Oh. I think I think that it's like the last straightforward goofy comedy that he did that was actually pretty good. Uh, because he kind of started doing more like Spanglish and that kind of stuff around then, but then he still did stuff like Rain Jack Over and Jill Me and Don't, don't Mess with Yeah, and he also did like Don't Mess with His Own That's Hand, pretty stuff dumb. That, stuff that sucks, right? Like his more like, straightforward <laughs> comedies. Like from that point on, it sucks. But Little Nicky, Popeye's Chicken is fucking awesome. <laughs> Me and Steve walked out of the theater. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Move in? Live there the rest of your life? You got to leave at some point. It's true. It was awful. Oh, you mean you walked out while the movie was playing? Yeah. Well, you got to specify, because I walked out of the theater, too. I don't think I've honestly ever walked out of a theater. Like, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I just, if I'm going to see a movie, I like to trust my, 
I know when I'm going to see a movie, I'm not going to walk out on it, I guess. that's If you're somebody who just hangs out with friends and you go to movies all the time, it's possible you'll have a scenario where you're like, dude, this sucks. Let's get out of here. <laughs> there are times where I wish that I had, like where I thought about it. Like I, speaking of Adam Sandler, I, I almost walked out of Uncut Gems, but I didn't. And then when it was <sighs> over, I wished that I had. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that movie still. But there you go. Walk, yeah, check yeah. out Little Nicky. It's pretty funny. I mean, you got early, uh, oh, God, Reese Efons. I never say his name right. Yeah. Resiphons, I think it is. Iphons, Resiphons. Thank you, Resiphons, for your service. All right, so cinema.podgmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us what you've been watching or listen to an old episode. This is episode 180, so we're closing wow. in on 200. We're going to crack 200 this year, gentlemen, and I'm very, very proud of that fact. Yeah. yeah. But it's now time to focus in on Universal Soldier. This was Eric's selection, a movie from 1992. You got Dolph Lundgren and Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, by the way, I'm just curious. You guys think this is just a quick side note. You've met Luke's brother, Sean, right? Do you think that Sean looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme at all in the face? Because I really, when I see a young Jean-Claude Van Damme, I see Sean. I'm like, wow, he does look like him when he's younger. No. Okay, great. Um, Eric, what's the first time you saw this movie? Universal Soldier. Yesterday. Really? <laughs> I think, it was, I think it was the first time I saw it, too. I thought I'd seen it before, but I think it was yesterday I, for me, I, too. I love bringing stuff on the show. I, I get it. We got to see if it holds up. But not just to us, but, like, in general, because this made a shitload of money. So I, I love visiting films on this show to review that I have never seen yet. It's always a fun time. But, yeah, I, I'm just like you. I, the poster, the headsets. I'm like, what the fuck is Spy Tech the movie? I just skipped it. <laughs> And like you're talking, come talking to someone who was a fan of the muscles from Brussels. I saw Hard, Hard Target like every single day when it came out, but I didn't go back a year before for Universal Soldier. But it's been, it's been. I keep seeing it pop up on YouTube, like little stuff about it. And I wanted to read, I wanted to see, check it out, see what it was all about. Roland Emmerich. I mean, this is a major power player in the Hollywood action blockbuster scene in the '90s, and I didn't see his first American foray. So none of us have a memory with this, Travis. Is that correct? If I'd seen it, I have no memory of it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, we can move forward then, because I don't. I never sat and watched it either. And I love Van Damme growing up. I, I mean, it. it was nonstop Seagal and Van Damme. DiBiase was shoving that shit down our throat. And <laughs> my younger brother Josh loved yeah. Van Damme. He loved those movies. We watched Double Impact, he, all of Hard Target. Big in my house too. We watched Cyborg and Kickboxer what? over and over and over. Kickboxer again. was the yeah. That was the real one that set us off, Travis. Yeah, we yeah. all missed this. Well, how? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how. Dolph? That's, I've never been a big Dolph fan. Love Dolph. I don't know. Well, by 92, I do. Admit, I think I was just about transitioning out in 92. Like, I was watching these Van, Van Damme and Seagal movies in, like, 88, 89 already. Right. I'm, like, barely right. 10 years old. So, I mean, that's for me. But, um, we were. Yeah, the whole so, generation was watching shit we shouldn't have been watching. And that's the way I like it. Except All right, Eric. so. Well, Eric, yeah, he was. Those of you who are new to the show, Eric, uh, he was delayed. But he's come a long way. He's maybe the most... Ultimate connoisseur of film now. It would be argued on this show. Travis, no disrespect to you. So, uh, disrespected. Damn it. See, you can't win. All right. What's the rating on this thing? IMDb rating, folks? Uh, is this a... <laughs> is this crack 5. six? 5.9. <laughs> seems in the realm. Yeah, like, I don't know. 5.3? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say cracks... I'm going to say 6.1 just for the hell of it. Okay. Uh, 6.1! I nailed it! I did not look. I swear. It. Wow! that is fun i mean it's not that you, you guys kind of put me in a corner like it was just gonna crack six because it was popular like you said it made money but that's it yeah it's okay uh as far as the rotten tomato critics uh you know there's a lot of people who have opinions on film and that's why people mm, go to rotten tomatoes true. they 
they love going there and you know it's not like you can go to imdb and read what vamping sounds like the sound of vamping how dare you accuse me of vamping this is the sound of mike looking up on the internet Page. Did you do you know I got it? But you know there's a Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning 2012, Universal Soldier Regeneration, Universal Soldier The Return, Universal Soldier Three Unfinished Business, and Universal Soldier Two Brothers in Arms. I remember Brothers in Arms because uh, I think it, well, I was working at Blockbuster when it came out, but uh, oh. I don't remember any of that other shit at all. Nor have I seen it. Oh well, it's uh, not beloved. Thirty four percent from the critics. <laughs> That's oh. trash. Okay. Yowzer. Universal yeah. Soldier is thirty four percent. Yeah. Woof. That's slow. 46 for the crowd. They're not having it either. So. Mm. Uh, as far as the critical reviews, I'm sure uh, Eves will check in. It was fun getting Dessin, early Dessin. That was fun last week. Yeah. Maybe we'll get treated again. Treat us, Dessin. Uh, let's see. <laughs> How about... Uh, what? Okay. This is just so... Steve Newton from Georgia Strait. Okay. <laughs> that's what, that's, okay. I've never heard of the like, Georgia Strait. I've heard of George Strait. I have heard of George Strait, yeah. Uh, there are some uh, some pretty decent stunts, especially the one where the two main unisols go rappelling <laughs> face first down Hoover Dam. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. But they hardly, who are these guys? Uh, but they hardly make this $23 million turkey worth your eight bucks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Okay. I don't think anyone's called a movie a turkey in a while. George Strait, a little harsh. Uh, <laughs> Peter it's Travers no and Rolling Stone. <laughs> I got some ocean from property in air. Uh, so Peter Travers says, though the idea is dumb enough to be fun, Dr. <laughs> Roland Emmerich does the Terminator thing. There it is. Without much style. And the two stars bash into each other, but never connect. I think that is spot on. Good. Yeah. It's like someone had, like, we got these actors. But neither one of them can act. Could we come up with a premise that makes sense for them to wander around aimlessly, wooden, and dead-eyed? Well, I've got this idea. Well, why are we? Ha- no one in the board meeting was like, "Why are we having Dolph Lundgren talk so much? He can't even deliver one line, let alone all of these snide comebacks." Yeah. Uh, Desson, woo! No right. shit. Okay, Desson, do the right thing, man. I gotta tell you. It's one of the few. The action and the campiness barrel along an entertaining counterpoint. You can laugh when you're not absorbed with truck chases. He gives it a red tomato. Oh, wow. One of the few red tomatoes. He liked you it. You know, Dessen has been a hard man to please more often than not with his reviews. I'm a little surprised. <laughs> yeah. That almost seems... Yeah, I am shocked, actually. Uh, and then Ebes, Roger Ebert, said... I suppose there is a market for this sort of thing among bubble-brained adolescents of all ages. But it takes a good chase scene, indeed, to rouse me from the lethargy induced by dozens and dozens of essentially similar sequences. Oh, man. I- I'm sorry. How-, how is this that different from every other dumb action movie in this stage? Why are they being so hard on this movie? Well, it's not, but it's also just really derivative. It is. It's 92. It's not 88. Yeah. Yeah. We had a big 80s. I mean, the 80s was action, right? So now here we are 90. So it's old news by 92, For I think. That's That's not crazy to say. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, mean, it was not long after this, Last Action Hero bombed, and uh, action movies took a a turn towards the spectacular with with following Jurassic Park. Yeah, kind of settled into parody. I mean, after T2, the year before, and 
It was such a game changer that like you can't go back to the dumb testosterone coke squib shit fest. You just can't go back. That's it. It's so it's so Terminator. It's so T2. It really is. I mean, uh, well, these guys who are created, all right, they're brought back. And then also the fact, like little scenes, like the diner scene, like that is so, oh, I misunderstood. And there's yeah. all these guys who want to kick my ass. It reminds me of the billiard <laughs> scene in T2, like immediately. Well, is it an action movie from that era if there isn't a bunch of local bubbas getting their ass kicked <laughs> by the fucking hero? And, uh, it's not just that. It's that they, there's so many guys that are just ready to fight. We saw Natural Born Killers two years later. Yep. It's so funny that the whole, I never right. went to a restaurant where some guy started some shit most people get uncomfortable They're like please yeah. make this stop nope yeah. everybody in a movie in an action film is ready to fucking throw down right so Mid funny sunny side up you're gonna just get up from your booth the dudes that have nothing to do with the initial conflict just take their shirts off and like take a chance at the guy so dumb plus they didn't even need to fight him he had money he bought those bus tickets he just could have paid he just was inarticulate <sighs> yeah that's true. What's funny though when the cook called his own food slop. He's like, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Busting my ass with a slop all day. He's like, damn right, it's good. So weird. Uh, that guy, by the way, he's always in movies. That guy, he's dead. Uh, oh, he's dead. He's in a lot of Oliver Stone movies, and he's always in football movies too. That's just a random fact. Maybe it's because I don't really watch those movies. I don't recognize him. That would make sense to you. Yes, uh, he's also in the Limey. He gets thrown off the. Uh, Oh shit! Yeah, he was the like the, yeah. the toady for um, yeah for, for, for Fonda. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so the the critics mentioned that um, Dolph Lundgren, John Jean Claude Van Damme, who I think has more personality than Lundgren in my view. That's me. You disagree? No. Continue. I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. So <laughs> I I found him to I think Dolph Lundgren was given an opportunity here and this really i think was like his last opportunity to show that he could have a little uh acting ability i guess you would call it or even just be outside of himself show something more because he's he's supposed to be this guy who's pissed off and you know and it's all about the chain of command and uh you know betrayal and all that shit but like he just doesn't sell it at all every line comes out stiff to me and it's really noticeable to me and i don't want to rip on a guy for that but it was so noticeable i have to say that are you making the point delicately that Dolph Lundgren's not a very good actor? <laughs> I think maybe he got better later in life, actually. When? Uh, it, I don't know. I was hoping. Wasn't there some comeback vehicle he had 10 years ago where it looked, I don't know. No. I was hoping for no. that. No, that He was probably happen. in one of the Expendables movies yeah, or all of them. All I don't know. Oh, I, no, I didn't see those. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. Yeah. I loved Dolph Lundgren in this. I loved his delivery. I, there was something about it that I enjoyed. I thought it was fun. I liked his delivery. I liked this character. Like his motivations are ridiculous. Like they could have actually <laughs> made him in a character, made him have like an argument about why even the war is wrong in the first place instead of just traitor, 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 which makes no sense at all. <laughs> but I liked Dolph Lundgren in the film. This he was horrible as He Man. He was awful as the Punisher. I like I come in peace, but. He actually has some charisma in this for me. I don't know. Maybe it's well, just yeah, me. Yeah, standing next to Van Damme, he does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, he, he's being, I mean, the leading man in this movie is playing a character who's like subdued and like kind of vacantly staring off for like most of the movie, yeah. which that's how it's written. So he does that okay, but he does that really, really well because that's what he does usually. Now, I like Van Damme, don't get me wrong, but I like him as a fighter. And um, there's, I mean, we, we kind of make jokes about the, the 
fighting in the diner scene, but we, that's one of the few moments <laughs> where, where we really get actually like a hand-to-hand combat yeah. from him. The, the, the climax is pretty great mm-hmm. between the two of them in terms of physical combat, but you're getting a lot more acting from this, uh, from Van Damme in this movie <laughs> than usual, which they make up for it by having lots of long, loving shots of his naked, hairless, oiled body. That's true. It's quite a specimen, I must say. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and maybe I'm bringing in like post Van Damme because I really loved uh, uh, JCVD. Uh, so that you can't, yeah. that's not fair to me. I got to take that out of it. You're right. Yeah, uh, and that was years after this. It was. Yeah, it was almost two decades. And Seriously. Uh, also, just so we mention it, and if apparently there was a uh, <laughs> a fake standoff at the Cannes Film Festival, they both. It's amazing that these guys went to Cannes first off. Like I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Cannes, but uh, seems like. <laughs> yeah. Action movies like this would not be the fair there, but apparently they're there, and they both got well, the scuffle, and they both admitted later that it was bullshit. They made it up, and it was ninety two's Comic Con, right? Or uh, right? Yeah, like that's Comic Con. Can yeah. Comic Con? That sounds awesome, actually. But I mean, it was it, it was a much different thing back before nerds were cool. Con, no, oh. Con, Con, Con. Oh, film con, the Con yeah, film, the, the Con film fest. Oh yeah, this yeah, was yeah. Con, yeah. This was at this Con. Was displayed at con. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. And they staged a fake fight there, which the media took off oh and ran with, which these guys God. both years later admitted they did it, made it up. They faked it this so that they could garner more publicity for the movie. I my my mind obviously assumed you were talking about like Comic Con. <laughs> no. Because I cannot believe that this was at the yeah. fucking Con Film Festival. He's, you are truly blown away. That is so funny. Did this win the Palm Dior? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Roland Emmerich's got a lot of pull over there. I don't know. No, oh, French, they're crazy. But yeah, I don't know. No offense to our French fans. All, oh yeah, we love our French people. What is this like? Yeah. What is this technology? Belgians. Oh, <laughs> it's not. I mean, if all you gotta do is reach out and yank the headset off the guy, and he's <laughs> completely disarmed. <laughs> <Really kind> of, <laughs> That's a lot of you got tech that makes people immortal. Yep. You can't make the fucking headset not stay on. Yep. <laughs> you know how like 2001 still looks pretty cool. Yeah. Even though it's so dated. Yeah. Uh, this movie is newer than that film, and it looks so dated it's with this. Tests. You're right. The spy tech, spy like tech. I- IT, fucking. Uh, you know. Hey, can I sell you on a credit card? Yep. It's nonstop. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks it's like so uh, dumb. tele. What are like those telepeople? It's like fucking electronic survivor shot. Like I had in 1993. Like, and there's no ah, way this yes. thing is holding up in that water. Like when, the, as soon as like they hit the water in that ocean, I was like, there's no way. All that technology is destroyed right now. There's no way it survived it. It looks annoying to act with. Like they're all just kind of like, you know, kind of like pinching it in there and walking around with it. Like <laughs> trying to see out of it. Especially eye. Tiny Zeus Lister. He's only got one good eye and he's trying to see out of that stupid thing. <laughs> whose, name, whose name I did not see in the cast. Um, the the cast like in the beginning like the credits in the beginning is amazing it's just like this really cool opening where it's like the body that bag awesome. sequence yes that's very cool Lundgren Van Damme and then it's a list of nobodies and Jerry Orbach's gonna show up for like <laughs> one scene <laughs> there it is the yep. guy that played the fucking dentist from Ed Wood's gonna show up at the beginning Jerry and that's Orbach. about it yep yep oh yeah I also saw I've been uh, rewatching Deadwood lately too I didn't mention that and I saw uh, Leon Rippey that guy. That guy who plays the other uh, guy who runs the poker bar over there. I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, I just saw that's one of the few names I recognize from the list. But I don't remember. Who did he play on Deadwood? Oh, he, nope. he was a guy who uh, was at Tom's bar. That was like, it wasn't really a rival to the gem, but that's where uh, season uh, one where Wild Bill other. would play poker a lot at that yeah. place. Yeah. 
<laughs> the stupid imaging technology looks like the fucking Game Boy Advance. It's like that's the resu- <laughs> best resolution you could get. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just so bad. It, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to make. What's the commentary here about war? <laughs> there is no. Uh, they didn't bother. Yeah, there is. It's it's ham-fisted though. It's it's PTSD is bad. You know, uh, the army uses people up. Um, it you know it, it it's it's all very tried and true kind of critique which i'm not opposed to the critique but it's not subtle <laughs> it's no, no. i mean ptsd is what drives this film in a lot of ways um it's what pulls the uh luke's character you know the van damme's character luke out of it and it's also what pulls you know the scott dolph london's character <laughs> out of things it's also what made them kind of like um it's also like their main motivations. They're literally like reliving scenes from their life and that kind of shit. Yeah. When they shoot each other, like doesn't the setup for this movie, the trailers and everything and what, like it ruins it. Like imagine if they had, I don't know, tried to like uh, sell this movie in a different way where you didn't know that it wouldn't be possible for them to sell this movie to know that they would be created this way. Like starring Jerry Orbach (laughs) and Leon Rippey. The dentist from Ed Wood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah maybe it's tough to do i suppose uh, maybe but i, Mike, that, but I mean yeah. that's when you think about it like you've never seen a movie where your two lead characters are dead in the first minute that, that makes it super interesting i love the opening that's why people loved it. uh uh you know uh game of thrones you know spoiler alert somebody dies in season one and it's like oh shit he really died and never came back but this is a movie and it happens early on so i guess it kind of sells the fact it's just like robocop peter weller yeah. dies early yeah. on yeah. 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 a lot of robocop vibes of this too yeah. bad one not good ones though not good uh and that's your point to it being derivative it's, it's pulling from all the science fiction action movies that came out before it um, and instead of kind of adding something new to it, it's like, hey, we're doing that, but we got these guys doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were you surprised it was like 25 years later? Like, how are they keeping this flesh like going <laughs> after 25, especially the ear necklace? Like, did the scientist like inject his necklace, too, so he could have it in the future? <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't he make new necklaces? Uh the ear ne- i mean there's a lot of ear puns a lot, a lot of ear puns. yeah of ear puns. i think ear four puns. or five ear puns <laughs> can you hear me like are you listening like oh i get it yeah. get it because i'm holding a bunch of ears get oh, it subtle it's also the same year that demolition man came out which also has you know similar demolition yeah. man was a lot this came out the same year is creating some of its own stuff in that film while using some of the similar like you know pres- preservation techniques and such and if you look at those two in the same year, it's like, wow. See, something can bring something new while not just being completely derivative. That's a great point. I mean, because in a lot of ways, it, you know, Demolition Man is in the same, you know, down the same path we're on with this film. But it's lively. It's fun. It is um, interesting to look at and, and actually funny where you're not laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good point. Dude, cryogenic action was huge in the 90s. <laughs> it yes, was. Yes, it was. <laughs> I was thinking it's a naked buff body with, like, steam by it, and audiences will show up. 
Thank you, thank you, James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was getting some Cameron vibes early on. Like, like, like when the body bags zip up, and we get the big names in the credits. I'm like, uh, I was joking about this pick, but I, I'm strapping in. This is actually kind of cool. <laughs> but then, like, it's de- like even the mission, like, like regular SWAT could have done the mission at Hoover Dam. Like the soldiers don't even do anything that intense, like in the first scene. And also, does it? I mean, like, I'm like watching the movie. I'm like, is this in their jurisdiction? Is it because it's because it's, it's a dam? Like, why is the U.S. Army doing this? It should be like police, you know, <laughs> like SWAT teams and shit. Doesn't make any know. sense. I know. And and, and like uh, the, yeah. like the uh, I kind of like the idea of like a mobile fortress for the Unisols that like has the the cryogenics in it and like, um, uh, yeah. These like, and then like I'm like, wait a second. The guys running the program are also surgeons, and it's just these two guys. Like once they start like 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 operating on the dude, I'm like, seriously, these two guys are like tech gurus and they're surgeons. Like this is horseshit. Like hire like ten more <laughs> actors. And also, it's taking place like they're that's we see the the damn thing is like their third mission. So you're telling me you took these bodies in 1969? <laughs> yeah. And then just kind of had them on ice or something for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like a dead one. They got the ice years. box. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's that it doesn't make any. They, 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 they probably the, wanted the, to do like the first mission of the first Unisol, but they were like, "Well, we're already ripping off Robocop so badly. Let's just have it take place after like three missions." <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to mention uh, the three writers. Three. Three. It by took, the way, for this it took three people to yeah. write this script. Yeah. So Richard Rothstein. Uh, is actually a guy that you've not really heard much since. He was involved in Fallen, though, Eric. He didn't write yeah, it directly. He was involved in the... Whatever the hell right, that Yeah, I saw that. And then Leech. He's a script doctor. He probably came He probably came in and worked on both the scripts without actually... Didn't work hard enough. That movie's horrible. That's smart. <laughs> then the second writer, Christopher Leach, was the guy who directed Teen Wolf 2. Yes. Exciting. He directed Teen Wolf 2? He did. Yes. Wow. This guy. So... Uh, there's that, and then the, you know, the guy who directs this film, Roland Emmerich, you know, Stargate is two years later. Yeah, and he wrote that, so it makes you wonder. Like, you think Emmerich was like, shit? I mean, this was a job opportunity for me to be a director, and I didn't have any say in the writing. And yeah. I don't know if we probably looked it up, we might find some regret on Emmerich's part because Stargate is, uh, it's an excellent script. I mean, it's definitely got a lot more going on than this fucking film does. And like you guys said, this movie made money. So if this was his first big foray into American film, it's like, hey, I can prove myself as I can make science fiction, I can make money, and then they're like, okay, here we're gonna let you do the script you really wanted. Yeah. Well, I gotta guess. say, I mean, like, we made comparisons, meta comparisons to Under Siege here, because uh, that's what you guys thought I was gonna do. Plus, we've got <laughs> a, a disgraced Vietnam vet turned villain in an action movie done right in Under Siege. But this was an Andrew Davis project who directed Under Siege for oh, many was. years. Yeah, he was toting the script around until he eventually dropped it and moved on to Under Siege. But yeah, some parallels. Wow. Of course, this script fugitive. had years of work on it. People put years <laughs> of work on it. They obviously just gave up. <laughs> Please, somebody destroyed it. One of, the, one of these three doofuses is responsible. Dean Devlin is the third writer, and he seems yeah. to be more of a producer who works with Emmerich a lot, so I, he might have just barely been there. But I want to get to a bigger point for me, and I don't think it's that controversial. I am just not a fan of what Roland Emmerich does. Most of his movies suck to me. They're not good. I, I like Stargate, outside of Stargate, and maybe I liked Independence Day for a little while, but... 
No, I, I look at his directorial efforts, and I'm just like, I don't give a shit about this. He like, you know, big epic day after tomorrow, end of the world type shit. It's just not for me. I'm not into that kind of stuff. And that's a bias I have. I think he did 13th Floor, right? Was that him? I think uh, that was him. Um, I, I think know. that's the only movie. He has. I gotta have to check and see if it, if it's him because I think that's the only movie of his I like. And if he didn't do it, then uh, uh-huh. no, all yeah. of his movies are oh. terrible. <laughs> Hang on, let me see. Let me see, Thirteenth Floor. I'm looking right now. Can't be. See Starring it. Craig Bierko. Mm-hmm. Kawasaki. I don't see it under oh, his no. directorial. I don't know where I got that. That was Joseph Rusnak. I don't, I don't know, maybe he was a producer. Hey, Joe Rusnak. All right, cool. I don't know. Yeah, he was a producer on that. That's why I had that. Okay. In my head. But like Midway, um, Day After Tomorrow, Independence Day Two. I didn't give a shit about uh, no. White House Down. I never saw that. I'm not no. into that. Now, maybe I need to see it. And I can give him a different chance on Moonfall, that. Moonfall, 2012, the same. 2020. Yeah, Even the Patriot is kind of Godzilla. overrated. But, yeah. Patriot's not good. Terrible. Patriot's not good. 2012. Horrible. Yes. 10,000 okay, BC was not terrible, actually. <gasps> hey, all right. We got a winner. Ding, ding, ding. That wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, you're right. This guy makes pretty shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I like Toby Emmerich. Yeah. <laughs> Toby, Emmerich. Toby Emmerich. Love him. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Look, I took a chance. I mean, I wasn't bored. I I, I was not bored where I was like, man, when's it over? And I've been like, man, when's it over? Many, many times on this program. I was bored. When's it over? Were you? Oh, yeah. The last half hour. So I kept having to be like, nope, put the phone down. Pay attention. Even when Rance Howard showed up? (laughs) There he is. Yeah. I mean, look. It's heck, yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, is there any good uh, score in this? Is there a theme song that really stuck no. with you guys in this film musically? What? No, it's awful. no, of course there wasn't. <laughs> no, there definitely was Terrible. not. Uh, Terrible. Mm, mm. Uh, well, we do get um, the really subtle kind of like waiting. Like you, you keep on seeing. I don't know the character's name or the actress's name. The woman that played Ashley Bartlett Bacon and. While you were sleeping, the the woman reporter woman. I don't know. If oh, Ellie Walker is a real. Yeah, Ellie Walker. Yeah, she's she's yeah she's been around for a while. That's a name. Um, Let's see, she, like when she's tied to the thresher, I'm like, oh, okay, so this the thresher is <laughs> going to come into play, and then of course it does, and you get like chunks chunks of Dolph chunks coming of out Dolph like. Take that, Fargo, and uh, <laughs> but before that, the the fucking crucified hand on the. Thresher. Oh come on. <laughs> Yep, Why? dude, that's not the Why? first time they tried to make a messianic image of Dolph Lundgren. Same thing happened in Johnny Mnemonic with him. What's the <laughs> no. deal? Why in, the, why in this movie? Like, what say. is it? What is it about this character that <laughs> you know? Like, what the fuck are you trying to say? Like the I guy that know. orchestrated your fake Milai massacre. Yep. <laughs> this is your Jesus. Like that's <laughs> some bizarre subtext. I'm telling you, the French. But yeah. did, did the did the mince Dolph Lundgren make you guys hungry? <laughs> No. I got a little hungry for ground beef. Um, well, that guy ripped for... into that giant steak. I laughed. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Two I did. Very real bites out of what yeah. is clearly raw steak. That guy's yeah. just, <laughs> right. I, I hope he spit it out and not swallow. Unless that was like made of, uh, I don't like I edible don't undies, so. whatever that's made of. Somehow they made a steak look just like a steak. But I don't Possibly. think so. That struck me as like I'm acting. I am gonna fucking that's do right. this. Uh, they're gonna remember this, and I'm gonna get right. a part next time. Nope. He probably asked, "Can I? Can I bite into the steak?" Um, sure. Yeah, I really want to sell it. <laughs> oh, sell yeah. the steak. 
We're at a grocery store. There's a steak. All steak, no sizzle. That's right. It was trash. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know. Anybody got any more notes here? I got Van Damme's I not funny. I have a lot of... Uh, I, yeah, I feel Way bad too many Damme, like I... lay low breaks. Like lay low after an action set yeah. piece. Way too many yes. lay low breaks. That is a oh, great it. point. Yeah, that's that's the main problem yep. with the movie. Is it's uneven <sighs> because you're just constantly up and then down yep. and then up and then down. There's not like a, that's yeah, that's a really good point. Let's find a ranch there, and lay low. Total. Oh, that's total T two. That's yeah. all they yep. did. T two was lay In low. The except desert. when they're yeah, except when they're laying low, it's more interesting. The dialogue is better. You got a kid in this this dynamic of a robot and a human and a little child. It's it's just way. Well, I mean, that makes now. it even worse. That makes we it even know worse. this script has been floating around. So who's the asshole? Did Jim Cameron read an early draft of this and then pen T two, or was Dean Devlin and uh, Chris uh, what's his name sitting in the theater watching T two, being like, "Fuck, fuck, this is our movie." <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, I gotta I give Cameron like, credit because he already did T one. So. Yeah, and I think it's like uh, it's not like these things are that unique. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude, I, we've lived our whole lives thinking that these were like cyborgs. Am I wrong? Like they're, they're zombies. Yeah, like, they're zombies. Yep. Yeah, I, I had assumed that they're kind of like cyborgs, but that's because I had seen the movie Cyborg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Starring yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme. Starring Jean Claude Van Damme. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about uh. the moment where the the guy gets like injected. He's gonna they're, gonna, they're gonna try and kill Dolph. And you can tell there's like a gnarly, awesome, like gory moment, but it's all zoomed in on his face. <laughs> so you can't actually see where they, you can tell like in post, they went, oh shit, this is like too raw. This yeah. is this is too much. <laughs> or the FBAA just said, cut that shit. It's like, yeah, yeah well, we're gonna have to cut that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, something. It was, that's, it's like, oh, here, this is probably was like the coolest gore moment in the film. And then <laughs> it got completely chopped up. <laughs> yep, I would say that's true. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fine. It's, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding things <laughs> to say about Universal Soldier now. That's fine. Eric's got a hard on anyways. This kind of goes. It works. It works. Right, Eric? Unless you have nothing else. Go ahead, Eric. Take it away. I don't regret picking it. It's always uh, interesting to go back and see what see what the deal was. So you're at least informed. I mean, it's interesting focal point for early 90s action i mean the tide was turning like we were going away from the big muscles to like actual actors that could act that are also doing like action movies yeah. uh and this is one of the this is one of the last remnants especially for you know carol cole studio was like one of the, the the heavy hitters for these releases and after this even with this success box office success they closed their doors and I don't know, man. Part of it kind of makes me a little bit sad because th these were fun, dumb action movies, and the 90s doesn't have a lot of stuff like this that's just kind of escapist entertainment. I mean, I'm sure this movie knows it's stupid, and it's fucking really dumb. But for me, it's kind of fun. Um, I mean, is it a good movie? No, it's terrible um, on almost all aspects. But I wasn't bored, and I sat there till the end, and like the fight in the barn at the end... I thought it was solid. I, I I enjoyed it, but this movie doesn't hold up. It's horrible trash that I don't recommend anyone ever see. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll go next. Uh, I love that you picked it, and I don't regret that you picked it at all. I'm glad you did. This is what we do on the show. We go and find out, and we found out. And I don't think there was much to really say other than it just was so tired at a point. 
where we said on the show several times already, 1992, so many action flicks. I mean, it was Stallone and Arnold alone in the 80s. And then if you throw in like the occasional action slash sci-fi slash, uh, I don't know, like super movie that was really good along the way in the 80s into early 90s, this movie just does not compete. It doesn't. I love, I really do. I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think he's entertaining to watch. Even his crappy movies, I like seeing him. But in this movie, he's just like so... Uh, as Travis said, subdued, and that's not his fault. It's the way it was written. These these three doofuses who put their names on the script, they should be ashamed of themselves. This movie does not hold up. There are fun <laughs> moments. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like particularly when Dolph Lundgren and Van Damme are fighting, which is what they do. That's why yes. audiences like them. So there should have been more of that. Um, yeah. I, and I think you, you say like the, this, the what did you say the budget was for this? Uh, it was twenty three million. Supposedly made thirty six, right? It's a lot of money for headsets. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's a Meyer and bought electronic survivor shot. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing most of that went to their page to like just Van Dam and Dolph Lundgren's paycheck because this was also towards the end of them being like marquee players. Because uh, not too long after this, yeah, I think they would have had a hard time getting top billing. And, uh, yeah, it's a garbage movie. doesn't hold up. <laughs> garbage movie. Okay, well, there you go. That's the ruling on Universal Soldier. Or, excuse me, not the. It's just called Universal Soldier, I believe. Right? Uh, yes. yes. Is there no the? Oh, real uh, quick. Like, the sequels. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would never watch a sequel to this film. But I guess, like, in, like, part four, like, Luke Devereaux, like, he comes back to light, like, they turn him into a villain and like kill him. Like so, if you had high hopes about this character and you were glad about his uh, uh, becoming human moment, um, it doesn't last because they turn him into the bad guy and kill him in like part four. Van Damme returned to the franchise. Yeah, like three. Of course times. he did. Yeah, he's desperate. Oh. You know, so yeah. did Dolph desperate Lundgren. period. They're, all, they're both in the sequels. Oh yeah, so, well, dude, the tax man's always calling. You know, that's <laughs> got to pay the tax man. Yeah, I will say a lot of fine nude male bodies in this film. I will say real that, quick. So. Did you read the fun fact about Dolph Lundgren? Like in the early '90s, some criminals broke into his home, like his his palatial estate. They broke into it, tied up his wife and daughter when he wasn't home, and Ooh. they saw a picture, a framed picture of the family, and saw that Dolph Lundgren was the homeowner and got the fuck out of there. <laughs> He's gonna come wow. home. And he's gonna be an actor, or he's gonna he's gonna be like one of his characters and beat us up. Yeah, um, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, he's honestly, also, uh, not, he's also not a Fulbright cool. MIT scholar and a chemical yep. engineer yep. and an Olympic trainer. But none of that's as cool as George Harrison waking up in the middle of the night and, and like, attacking someone who's got like a or William Seward for that matter waking up in the middle of the night with yeah. someone with a, a knife in your throat. William and, Seward uh, and uh, and fighting him off. Those are much more badass. Dudes. Seward's folly. William Seward, American badass. I got right. my chest stabbed last night. I got my chest stabbed last night. Last night. Old joke. Yeah, I love it. So David Strathern, fine job as William Seward in Lincoln. Oh, excellent. Oh, yes. Good casting, too. Superb. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, uh, before we go, I got to give my pick. I haven't picked a movie in a while, and the last time I did, we didn't do it. So I feel like I've. that's all my fault, for the record. I take full responsibility. Yes, but. Is. Uh, I am ready to get back into it. And boy, there's so many choices. It's been real, real tough, you know, as it always is. 
Yeah, we, we're here in the early 90s for two straight movies, so we got to bounce, I think. I feel like we got to get out of the... Okay. I like to take us in a different yeah. direction, as we all tend to do on the show sometimes. Let's pick a Diane so. Keaton movie, and let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. A Diane Keaton give. movie. Something. <laughs> you guys are funny, aren't you? Well, you know what? I was really thinking about doing one thing. I thought I was kind of locked in on it, but then I remember what happened when I picked a movie that was kind of like it before and it didn't go over well. So uh, I decided, <laughs> I decided to move. Oh, we did. We actually did do that oh. episode. Yeah. So I just decided to kind of stay away from that. So I guess I won't do that, but okay. I will, I will pick. This is a movie from the year 2000 and <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not, so it's oh, really a, a great opportunity M Mike, for me to dive in. I'm going to regret this if I don't jump in. I may regret jumping in, but I'm going to regret if I don't. This is unlike you. Like, you should be true to yourself. Like, you're always getting on people for being like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. Don't care about what other people think. If that was your instinct, go with it. Be yourself. And I just need to I, step in and say, Mike, I don't know. Well, the problem was, it's not that I'm afraid to do that. It's just that, like, <laughs> I, I looked at the movies that I was siding on and i'm like you know what no this has got to be your choice yeah so this is definitely my choice and i feel good right. about what i'm gonna tell you right now the year right. 2000 film uh, i guess it's kind of an action film but it's really not uh this is a film that features russell crowe so we're gonna see russell crowe in the year 2000 and what's funny is the first thing you guys will think of is but probably what we did last week but it's not that one breakdown <laughs> Not Gladiator. We're not doing Gladiator. Right no. Oh, Russell Crowe. I was thinking. Of, I was thinking yeah. of Rus uh, Kurt Russell for some reason. Russell oh, Crowe in two thousand. Yeah, Insider. Yeah. No, that was ninety nine. Great. Oh, uh, we're gonna go with the two thousand flick, Proof of Life, starring Russell Crowe, David Caruso, David Morse, Meg Ryan. Have you seen this movie? I have. Okay. Many times, but not in a long. Many time. times. Oh, I used to love, I got this movie on DVD in the early 2000s and I watched it a lot, but I have not seen it in a long time. So I'm not sure it holds up and that's All why right. I'm bringing it to the table. When it's my turn after you, I'm picking a really shitty movie. Oh, have you, you guys, seen this you guys movie? Have Is it this. terrible? <laughs> Is this a terrible film already? Is it over? Well, we'll find out. I haven't seen it since 2000, so. Ah, I believe it's a uh, Taylor Hackford directed film as well. I do like Taylor Hackford. I do like Taylor Hackford. I remember Russell Crowe stole beautiful Meg Ryan away from Dennis Quaid on the set of this film. Oh, that is not a lie. So there we go. Next week, we're going to do Proof of Life from the year 2000. And that'll be that'll be it. I feel good. Right. This is a this is a Govier selection. Thank you, Eric, for reminding <laughs> sure. me why I do this <laughs> I show. Do. This I is it's absolutely me. So you we'll do that you. next time. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, we're on a roll here. Three people on the show. Two straight weeks. Things are heating up here on Cinema 9 Pod. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Travis, Eric, Mike. Bye-bye. Say goodnight, asshole. Who the hell are these guys?